Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you made it. Um, we'll see how how consistent I can be with maybe Friday night or Saturday daytime recordings, especially since the weather has improved a little bit in my region, meaning that it's not too hot to sit in the car in the daytime. Um and we're getting some cloudier days, more overcast. Uh, we might have our last beach day. Um, I went I went to the beach last Friday. We might have our last beach day of this year, um, this Sunday, because it might be up to 80, 80 degree weather. Thank you, sunny Southern California, for, you know, blessing us with beach days. <laughs> In late November, beach days on Thanksgiving week. Um, but so let's talk about something um, that, you know, I'm not, uh, I'll decide if I'm going to actually jump into something biblical here um, as far as like the actual text. But there's some thoughts that kind of come up, you know, um, when I'm looking at, you know, topics about the Bible. And the the interesting thing about it, though, too, is that when you look up a lot of topics about the Bible, the one I want to talk about today is, a, is about the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Um, I want to talk about these, um, you know, these concepts, this part of, you know, that some people believe that is part of our human history. Other people believe it's some kind of myth other people believe it's some sort of interpretation or a theory or some kind of something you know um but regardless of what you believe or what you've heard um I kind of want to just talk about them as concepts um because it's something that I've never really looked too much at it's just something that you know I, I would read about it and it would come up and I'd glance over it like oh sucks that they ate the fruit from that that sucks and then you know, looking at the common things that people say is like blaming, blaming Eve or, you know, um, you know, you know, I, I mean, I've said that before too, kind of partially joking and then also partially just with frustrations of life. You know, if that is kind of one of the methods that contributed to humor, human suffering, um, if the Garden of Eden was perfect and people were in it or Adam and Eve were in it, and then one of them ate from the tree, and then the other one ate from, from, I guess, Eve technically gave Adam the fruit, so he ate it from her, um, but I just find it interesting, right, so a lot of times when you think about topics like this, like about the tree of, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, um, a lot of times it is attached to like the Bible story, but you find this in other cultural beliefs too. And that's something that's interesting to look up, which is something I love doing is looking at, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, um, looking at different concepts that are around it, right? Like the serpent versus the snake 
versus the Garden of Eden and those two trees and Adam and Eve. And there's a lot attached, you know, to these stories where it's like you can delve into the histories in in multiple cultures of, okay, how how do other cultures believe that or how does this one culture or this part of the world talk about you know why evil exists or how it began how how human suffering you know began you can even look at philosophers and their ideas about um about this um so uh I don't even want to mention it because I'm gonna butcher you know I'm gonna butcher it because I can't remember off the top of my head who the main um people were that I used to study in college that were um, talking about like human suffering kind of topics or like um, if God is you know just or if um, things like that I I don't know um, I would want to say Hume but I don't know I could easily just google it but I'm not going to right now because I'll go way far off topic you guys know me um, like my one of my favorite you know philosophers was Kierkegaard I, I'm a I'm a I'm a Kierkegaard fan um I I don't often talk about philosophy. I like philosophy um because of the challenging nature of it of you know the the field. Um I like challenging things not to a point to you know say I'm right or I found something more right or better. Like I'll do that for my own personal self for my own personal development um to kind of like reveal for myself kind of more and more what I kind of feel like I naturally align to um but I do leave room for other interpretations other cultures and other you know theories to be correct not just me um cuz I'm limited as just one person and I'm going to be biased as just one person coming from my own um, view of thought and I wasn't there I'm not a an eyewitness you know who knows this could all be just a simulation what do I know you know but um I know what I do believe what I do feel like I align with which isn't something that I necessarily feel um that I need to really share um I I'm comfortable sharing about my background I'm not comfortable sharing about what I actually do believe um, unless you're a pretty close friend of mine, you're probably not going to be along that part of the journey with me. Um, just mainly because, you know, if I were to say, oh, I'm atheist or, oh, I'm Muslim or, oh, I'm Buddhist, you know, there are a lot of people who wouldn't want to be open towards anything that I might have to say. Um, and I try not to let my own personal beliefs cloud the way that I'm able to look at things just because you know I I like to look at them as if I don't have the beliefs that I have um I like I like doing that because it um for me it brings value to my life like not and again I'm not trying to challenge things because um because I hate it or anything or because I'm bitter I would say that I did go through a time period in my life where I was bitter about kind of how I was raised and how I was taught about things um, and, you know, the environments I was in that weren't really healthy 
because of you know different parts of my culture and um I would say that I hope that the stuff I share doesn't come from that kind of a place um I do often stick the to things that I'm more familiar with mostly in the interest of time and mostly in the interest of you know like it's hard for me to um talk a lot about um something I've never heard before ever um without having studied it um or not having any knowledge or even recent knowledge or background in it um and then you know like because my ideas will very likely change um from that time you know they're they're gonna keep changing and changing and changing um you know that's just how I kind of am with things like I I don't really like to like changing as in not like not like oh I believe this one day then I don't the next and I do the next and I don't the next like not like that but more like you know I like to develop ideas more um and you know expand on them more to see kind of what I do or don't believe so um yeah with the tree with the tree of life now, I find that interesting because it seems like there's not really much mentioned about this tree. Um, like the location of the garden, you know, like a lot of people speculate about, you know, the, the rivers that are kind of mentioned or the bodies of water that are kind of mentioned to like intersect with one another. Um, that that's kind of where it it was, you know, that the garden was. Um so I don't know, you know, how a person could prove that or not. Um, and something else I find very interesting about origin stories, um, none of us were there, right? None of us were there, but I believe every culture has an origin story, um, I can't think of any cultures where people created themselves. Um, it may like there are cultures where things kind of came from something and then developed into people or reformed into people or something along those lines. But I can't think of a culture that believes that, you know, humans formed humans. There's always some other kind of form of thing that the humans came from. Um, but that, I mean, that could be a whole topic in itself, but, um, when you look at the tree, the trees, um, I feel like the tree of knowledge of good and evil gets far more focus, far more focus than the tree of life. Um, and that's interesting, you know, that, you know, even when you look at the Bible itself and a lot of religions, um, a lot of the time it's kind of these concepts about how to be happy, how to live um, while you're on this earth, kind of what things looked like before you got here and what they're supposed to look like once you die. Um, but a lot of times different cultures might not talk, especially in the Bible, you know, they don't really talk too much about, okay, what about the life part? What about, 
the part of humans that, you know, um, thrives and lives. Instead, you know, there's so much focus on, like, what you do wrong and what you're not supposed to be doing and what to be aware of and, you know, histories of kind of, like, different key people in history that existed. Um, That's also something that's very interesting in... um, religious cultures is that you often see people who were historical, you know, actual individuals. Um, and that's something that makes, makes it interesting because it's like, okay, these people actually did exist. They were there. Um, you know, people wouldn't like say, it's interesting that people wouldn't say about like, like, I don't know, like, David in the Bible, King David in the Bible, that, like, he didn't exist ever in history. Like, that's not true. Um, Even people who are a different religion, you know, Buddhists can believe that David existed in history, Um, which is kind of interesting. It's like, you might not believe the Bible, but you can believe that these people existed in history. Um, not every single one of them, but there are people that like, yeah, we verified that they existed or something, even though none of us were there. Right. And then there's other concepts that we challenge and we think, huh, this is weird. Was there even a garden of Eden? Was there even a serpent? Was God even there? Did he even make Adam and Eve? But then it's like, we can say David existed, you know, we can question if Adam and Eve existed, but we can say David existed. And so that's something that's interesting too. Um, Humans often need so much physical type of proof, too, to look at something and um, find, like, a kind of a proof, right? We look at something and we find um, just, like, some kind of a... um, something that we can verify... And we say, yeah, that's accurate. That is true. This person existed. Um, But then we can look at things that are like, that's kind of supernatural. That's kind of supernatural. And I don't know, this might just be leading to a whole different topic. But I mean, you can say, okay, something supernatural. And you would consider the trees and the Garden of Eden on the more supernatural side as well as God being there and a serpent that was talking and things like that. That seems supernatural, right? Because it, it it's something weird. I've never seen it. Nobody I know has ever talked about taking a vacation to the Garden of Eden. You know, none of us have seen these trees. There's different people who are professionals that, you know, as long as we've known, nobody's been able to prove that they exist. Um, but then there's other stuff that is like, yeah, the tigress the Euphrates, they exist, you know, so it's kind of like, all right, you know, um, that's interesting that there's certain stuff that we would just challenge, you know, and I wonder why, you know, we do that. I mean, I do that too. I I just wonder where that comes from because there's some other stuff that, that we, it seems like, okay, if the, if these people were written about in the Bible, like did Cain and Abel exist? Did Noah exist? Did Adam and Eve exist? People would say, I don't know. 
But when you ask, did David exist? Did Saul exist? Did Samuel exist? Did Jesus exist? Did, you know, Judas and Paul and, you know, Andrew and Silas and, or was Andrew Silas? I don't remember. Sorry. Um, you know, all these people, James, Mary, these people existed. Are the stories attached to them accurate? I mean, that's where people kind of start challenging things, right? But then also, you look at, you look at today, right? You look at today. I mean, you can look at things like, um, how people say, okay, like, science, or okay, like, and I love science. I mean, I studied science. I mean, basically that, you know, science is what, I love to do for fun even like I'm all about statistics and all that kind of thing like I am not knocking science I'm just saying um how we're more likely to believe something written in a a journal article or in a textbook than we are to believe something written in a bible um that's an interesting thing um because basically they're using different methods of teaching about something, right? So the Bible uses different methods, different um, storytelling, different types of writing or oral tradition, things like that, to explain what it is, where where it comes from. Um, So the Bible does that. Um, Scientific articles begin with, you know, a a theoretical and like, you know, process that everyone kind of now follows. Now, this process was developed by humans um, as a way that was kind of more regimented of a method to get to a place where you can technically prove something. Or there's more likely proof to these statistics that we're giving you um, based on what we are saying, right? But anyone who studies statistics knows that depending what you're talking about, depending what you're studying um, and how concrete it is, you can actually skew scientific data and results. Um, and sometimes you'll hear them even on TV, like one in two dentists recommend, you know, this Crest toothpaste or whatever it may be. And it's like, we believe it. We're like, okay, like half the dentists like it. So that should make me want to buy it. Um, but they don't tell you, did they only ask two dentists and one said yes and the other said no i mean like we don't know all the details of all the research right but it could be something as simple as that and then they're still not lying um it could be coming from another place like um but you know we're more likely to believe certain things right so that's something that i like to take into account is just just what it is that makes me believe or disbelieve kind of different concepts and ideas um, when I'm studying them because then I go into them and I'm like huh the tree and the garden and serpent and god and all these kind of things and it's like okay like some of this I can say that I would probably believe and others of it I would already start questioning right but what makes me question something versus not question something is a whole thing in itself right so um that's always something interesting that's going to come up, I think, for all of us, um, is why we believe something the way that we do. And so if I'm talking about the trees and things like that, like, people who don't believe in the Bible, who don't believe in the Garden of Eden, who don't believe in God, who don't believe in those trees ever existing, it's like, well, you know, these topics wouldn't really 
maybe appeal to them or be something they'd want to listen to. Um, but it is very interesting. Um, it's interesting, like I was saying, that the that the tree of life doesn't get spoken about too often. Um, we really focus pretty much from the point. Basically, the whole Bible after after the point of you know, Eve eating from well the Bible basically takes the point from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Once humans were interacting with that serpent and interacting with that tree, everything kind of went downhill from there, right? But the story about the beginning before that, um, before that any of those events related happened, um, was just interesting. So, and I kind of like how it's divided up. It's like, you know, they talk about, you know, the Bible talks about the creation and, and the seven days or the six days. And then there's like a seven day week. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like it just bumps into like this um, information about these trees and, you know, or about the serpent. You know, the serpent was more cunning than any other or something like that. It's like, OK, we're just going to start now to talk about the serpent and so they just started to discuss the serpent all of a sudden um and you don't really see the serpent come up again like the serpent people say is lucifer people say is satan i mean that's a very christian kind of thing um way of thinking um i found out later on that that jews don't really believe that those are all the same individual um, which is very interesting because the Bible was a written originally written um, by Jews. So um, that would assume that maybe Jesus didn't believe that either because Jesus was Jewish in a time period. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can't say what Jesus actually believed because um, it sounds like he was there to challenge um, in the first place. And so he was there on earth and challenging things, um, and, you know, so that implies that there was some kind of, um, at least some form of, you know, some, somewhere along the line, things weren't going correctly, um, so, and this happens multiple times in the Bible, where it's like, things aren't going right, something is gonna need to happen, you know, it's like, um, but, it's kind of interesting when you don't hear much, too, about, like, other things that made, like, such a big impact. Like, the Tree of Life is such a big concept, and the and the Serpent, it's such a big concept. But, like, you know, like, you would think, you know, other than the curse upon, uh, upon um, the Serpent, you don't really hear about the Serpent ever coming back again. Um, you do see images of, like, snakes and things like that. Um you don't really hear about this specific serpent. So it's kind of like, okay. And you do hear some more about Adam and Eve and you do hear some more about their, their who begot who and who begot who, um, all the way pretty much up to like Noah and then everything gets wiped out again. And so, you know, 
that is already a short (laughs) that's a short story already like i don't think we even break out of genesis before the world's already been wiped out the first time around it's like didn't we just get here and now we're gonna get wiped out again so it's kind of just interesting um to think about that kind of stuff for me anyways it's interesting i like it i am very entertained and you know loving of hearing about this kind of stuff it really 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 is enjoyable for me um I know I drive people crazy with all this kind of stuff. Nobody really cares, but I like it. It's fun. I find it relaxing to kind of think about things that are like so much bigger than I am Um, about like the future of humanity and like the beginning of humanity and like what Earth looked like and how it got here and how we got here and like what else could potentially be out there and what's influencing this or that and who makes the rules of this life and things like that um versus like oh shoot I lost my wallet you know it's like I didn't thank god but I mean you know or oh shoot I locked my keys in the car something like that which is something I did recently um but yeah guys I just think it's interesting I like studying the way I think I know that might sound weird but I do it it's pleasant for me um to get out of my mind out of the things that I think kind of matter and start looking at different ideas um I mean I often wonder and I don't have a lot of time to really like sit and delve in or sit and like sit with my thoughts during every day like I feel like the amount of time I usually would need to kind of sit with things and kind of work through things and challenge on things um I don't really get that because I'm working 40 hours and I'm kind of like exhausted a lot of the time too um not too much so but my energy definitely fluctuates throughout the weeks um and so you know I'm kind of stronger after during the weekend after the weekend like right after and then I get that kind of midweek dip um I try not to I do what I can to keep things on track um but you know I told myself I'm not gonna let things go past like a week of slacking on anything so I'm like okay like this weekend you know starting Saturday night I'm not really gonna go out and I'm gonna just um you know get into some exercise you know do some healthy eating starting tonight um take a break starting tonight um my break today started at 4 45 p.m um you know with with the with the official time for the uh san diego sunset but um i don't know i mean i i i I was raised with a lot of things that i do kind of find beneficial for me um i do find it very beneficial for me to kind of take a break from the work week and just not work for a 24-hour period of time i have no problem doing that um especially when i get to spend time talking about this stuff or thinking about you know what's going on in my mind that I haven't really had time to kind of think about and kind of recharge and just know that I don't have any pressures coming up for the next day, probably next day and a half. In all honesty, I don't have anything that I actually have to do, but relax and chill. And I can learn if I want to, but, um, and I probably will keep learning tonight, but, um, just cause it's fun, but yeah, I think it's fun to challenge the way I think, um the thing is this hard for me though with it is is because it it's it's stuff that I like to talk to people about 
And I'm very kind of, like, sensitive to other people with, like, trying to, like, challenge them to a point where they're, like, upset or, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, make people feel bad or, like, feel superior or anything. I really just do this just similar to how people play video games or similar to how people watch television. It's entertaining for me. Like, I like it. I'd rather be, like, learning about random stuff about aliens or, like, whatever than, you know, watching, re-watching, like, reruns of Friends or something for the whole weekend. It's like, yeah, on occasion I will do, you know, just veg out kind of kind of thing, but it's like, I don't feel like I get a whole lot of benefit from that unless I'm kind of, like, not well-rested. So, I like to be well-rested. I like to relax. Um... And that's what I'm attempting to do, you know, today is relaxing. And I just think it's interesting, um, you know, just these different different things about, about human lives. And, and the reason why it was kind of coming up for me was not just because I saw it, you know, when I was flipping through some literature, I was like, I saw like one of the bold points was like Tree of Life. But I, I also, you know... <clears throat> realized with that it it kind of got me thinking about um life in general and you know how we live our lives and you know I was kind of thinking about like just how I mentioned about the energy dips I get like I've had some days where I've been surprisingly tired um which is really weird cuz I don't feel like I've had like in the past I'd say I've had two majorly stressful days that both occurred on Saturdays, back-to-back Saturdays. So not this past Saturday, um, but before that was one Saturday, and the Saturday before that was one Saturday. And it was affecting me um, some days afterwards, um, and I did notice it was affecting me, but I don't think it's still affecting me. And it's also, this is like a time period of like, my grandmother's, you know, death anniversary. So this, um, this, you know, and it just hit me kind of like yesterday or last night. And I was like, maybe that's contributing. I don't know. Um, and I do eat occasional junk food, but it's not like more than what I normally eat. Um, I, it's just like a normal, like I've had like a Thursday where I just, you know, that's the day that I try to like record stuff late and, you know, near like 7 p.m. when I start actually getting hungry for dinner. And then um, I've worked already from 8 to 4 and I've gone through most of the work week by that point and I'm already pretty tired. Um, so I kind of just eat whatever just as like a cheat day because I'm like, I, I'll, I'll work out if I feel like it on Thursday, but then I usually usually will eat whatever. Um, and so that's what I did yesterday. But my energy was already dipped by Thursday even before that. So it didn't really matter um, that it dipped more, I was like, whatever, um, but what I mean is, like, things that I've experienced, like, coffee not working, coffee not giving me more energy, necessarily, or more focus, um, and I do think I haven't been doing a lot of reflection, too, so that does make my mind feel super cloudy, um, I haven't been doing a lot of meditation, that does make it so that I just kind of just, just get cloudy, for sure, um, unfocused um just have that slow processing speed um but that's something that I do try to kind of um improve on because I don't really like it but 
yeah, it's been interesting to note. And one other thing that I, another thing that I kind of wanted to mention was how, um, you know, when thinking about that, I was thinking about my, um, just kind of like how my energy levels can kind of relate to like levels of happiness for me. Now, I wouldn't say this week was unhappy. I haven't really felt like depressed or unhappy or like low or like low energy, yes, but not like low mood so much or not really down. Um, just kind of more so, okay, it would be nice if my energy would like pick up because dang, and I don't want to drink a bunch of coffee. There were a couple days this week when Sorry guys, somebody called me in the middle of recording and it shuts this off. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about, you know, our life, you know, and, um, just, you know, happiness and where that comes from. Like I, I have had some days where I wasn't like happy when I was super like stressed out, overly annoyed, just kind of like, oh my gosh. Um, but I feel like usually I'm able to kind of handle that a little better so I don't feel like it's too impacting as far as the death anniversary I don't feel like I mean I don't know if it's too impacting but I haven't um like yeah I mean this was like a while ago like in 2018 um so, you know, I mean, I do feel healed from it. I don't feel like it's something that impacts me too much. But, I mean, it is that time of year. Um, I don't remember the exact day that she died. But I remember we did have Thanksgiving a few days after her death. And I wasn't planning on going to Thanksgiving um, during that time. I wasn't planning on um, going to the Midwest for Thanksgiving because I couldn't afford it, and, um, yeah, and I think my mom had already been in that state for, like, at least since September, maybe August, um, because I think that's the last time I talked to her was on her birthday, September 14th, um, wishing her a happy birthday and I wasn't planning on going to to Thanksgiving like that was you know I wasn't gonna plan to buy the ticket to go because financially I didn't I didn't have it and um it wasn't something I'd been saving for or thinking of um but we ended up going for Thanksgiving because the funeral was like the same weekend I believe we I believe the funeral was before like on the Wednesday or Tuesday or something and then Thanksgiving was afterwards um and that is the last time I've been to the Midwest too um but I did also enjoy seeing everybody I did enjoy having a a holiday with everybody that originally we wouldn't have all come together and this was right before the pandemic um and I also lost an uncle unfortunately during the pandemic so like Oh, yeah, I'm glad that I got to see him, even though it was for that funeral. 
Um, but I don't think I, I mean, I don't like, I don't know if this is even mean to say, but I mean, when people are like a certain age, I mean, you want them to feel good. You want them to be happy and not in pain and not suffering. And I'm not saying that death isn't something, is something that we're like happy for at all, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, if the health is deteriorating and, you know, things just aren't working out, like, you kind of know, you know, they're probably not going to be likely to live, like, till they're like 110 or something. It's kind of like, you can kind of see, okay, like, this countdown is getting a lot closer, even if the year before, things didn't look like that at all. It's like, okay, like, you're getting more and more diagnoses in and out of the hospital, more and more severe things happening. And then, you know, um, she had her second stroke by that time. So it's, I just, I don't know. I just find things like that just as part of the natural cycle of living, even though, yes, it's sad. And I I wouldn't say that it's um, a pleasant situation, even if it was in the past and it wasn't like too long ago. But it is just something that I think we don't spend a lot of time thinking about is death and life. And a lot of times we think about the future. A lot of the now is spent doing something towards the future. Um, And whether or not we're enjoying what we're doing now, that, you know, that determines kind of, I guess, the situation and person to person. But some people don't focus on enjoying what they're doing now too so that's important to do um you know I do talk a lot at times um elsewhere about like finance and things like that um and that's a that's a big future related thing like even if I'm making changes to things today or paying stuff off now or buying something now um that is all geared towards how the future is gonna look um and kind of more predicting and planning and things like that. Um, but I understand, you know, with finance, we have to look at the future too. But I know that's a big part of what a lot of us spend our time doing, even if it's just working. Um, that's still something related to finances if you're getting paid. Um, or if you're not even getting paid, that's still related if you need to get paid and you're working and you're not getting paid. It's like you need to get paid. So. Um, a lot of us, you know, we need to get paid to have a livelihood. Um, and that's something that I do kind of, I always mention the Amish. I feel like I'm one of those people who just mentions the same thing all the time, but that's one thing that I do appreciate about Amish culture is that they're able to live in the, in the midst of our modern culture, um, and be self-sufficient no, like, I'm not saying they're perfect, but they're not really reliant necessarily all the time on money. Um, and they do know how to work and they do know how to feed themselves. Now, they're not all farmers, um, but they do have crafts that they do as adult by the time they're adults um, or even younger. Like they start learning young to do the work because, you know, they're not in school usually after eighth grade. And so they're young when they start to work. And so they develop that, um, very quickly. 
um, while their brains are still like sponges and then they still are just improving on it because that's what they do for pretty much the rest of their lives unless they change um, their, you know, career path or I don't know what you want to call it, their trade or if they, um, if they don't have you know, if they don't stick within the religion or if they leave for that period of, like, room spring or some, something similar to that. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of just my thoughts for right now. And I don't really want to do too much more on this. But um, I just think it's just all interesting to me. So um, not sure what you guys think. But if you want to comment, go for it. And thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.